The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. It's crazy the sound of that opening. That sounded eerily familiar to what exactly happened last night. Like, uh, agreed. Very, very much similar to what happened last night. So we are here in Kansas. I've got Derek, Chad, Bryce, and myself sitting here in the awesome space at KNS Outfitters, and um, brought all the podcast stuff because I just wanted to do one on the road. Didn't know what we were going to do it about. This one will probably jump all over the place between just my hunt, deer hunting in general. Um, probably let Derek talk a little bit about he's kind of here filming me he wanted to learn kind of come with me on this one he actually listened to the last podcast the yes podcast and I talked to him about coming he's like yes I'm there and are you happy you said yes to come oh man I couldn't be I couldn't be even more happier than I already am that, that, was, that was definitely the best thing I ever did yeah, yeah well, I don't know about the best thing you ever did oh no it was the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna I guess this will be the best platform to tell exactly like how it went down yesterday because it was a hell of a day in the worst way possible until it was the best day possible. Um, and I'll have Derek help me along on that. And I, I even text you two guys, like, y'all are asking me, are you seeing anything? How's it going? And what what is it? Which one of y'all says, like, I didn't even reply because of that what you said. That was me. I thought you were – I was like, damn, he's having a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave him alone. Yeah, it was, it was a, uh, a very rough day until it wasn't a rough day. But um, it was just – I try and plan every year. I try and plan like a week for myself here or there. This this year I might have more than a week. Don't let my wife know that. But um, <laughs> to go hunting for myself just because I, I, I feel like a butthole saying this sometimes, but like I'm so jaded now, which I, I would say that you guys probably have a little bit yeah. of it too because when, you're, when, you, when you work in a business that it, originally you started out as a hobby then it became a passion, now it's a job. I don't know, maybe not for some people, but parts of it lose luster, yeah, especially sure. when you're filming it and you get to go like, I, I mean, I get to film at Lee and Tiff's, I get to film with Dud, I get to film with some of the places and, and people that like I grew up watching and then are still on TV and, and social media and everything else. And it's like, it's hard to get motivated to hunt for yourself. So I'm always trying to set time away from my away for myself. That way I can, I can continue to appreciate it the right way you know and what it was about was exactly what happened yesterday and then what happened after and how happy everybody was for me and my success which is i think is the you to me you find the true measure of a person when you mess with their hunting good or bad um i mean you guys have known that you know especially i don't know you guys i'm talking to uh bryce and chad about you know, you guys are guides, work at a big outfit here in Kansas. You guys have to deal with every form of person. Rich, poor, big, small, guys and girls, great Scale. personalities, not, per, you know, you got to deal with all walks of life. And that's, and we have to do that to a certain aspect. And that, and when you have to deal with usually the general public, it'll skew your reality on what you're doing every day. And you kind of have to figure out, like, why am I, what what got me here, and why am I passionate about this thing? And the reason I got here and I'm passionate about this thing is because my dad took me when I was little. That's where it all started for me. And now I don't get to go hunting with my dad as much, and I miss that. But, like, I want to do this so my little my little boy one day will look at me and be like, Dad, I want to go with you next time. And, and, and at the core of it, that's what it's really about. So, like, how do I continue to make it fun for myself? Well, I have to take time to do it for myself, which I have fun with my clients and stuff too, but – I don't know. Do y'all have do you have any like thoughts of like 
getting being jaded a little bit. It, it, it's funny because yesterday me and Chad were riding around in the truck and we were talking about how being from the southeast and everything growing up, you don't you don't see the caliber of deer that you see here. Whenever yeah. you would see one, it was a blood rushing, goosebumps kind of thing. Yeah. And now, hundred and eighty inch deer comes in, and for five minutes we're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we just got used to it, and it's not the same when adrenaline and thrill that it used to be. And kind of you have to go back to your core a little bit to yeah. make sure you don't lose that appreciation for the sport and the animal and everything else in general. Or, why are you here? Why are you doing it? Yeah. If you do get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. When you see 40 plus deer die a year that are all above 150. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, okay. It's just a, yeah. Just another deer walk. And it, and it makes it hard to, then you talk, you know, I, especially, I mean, I'm from the Southeast too. And I go home and, uh, you know, it's my brother and buddies of mine, they're like, you going hunting in the morning? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would I go to see a doe and a fork, you know, a yeah. forker? Well, it's like, you know, I, I love going. And I like being outside, but, like, it, it's ruined me in some aspects, yeah. you know? I, uh, I used to hunt all the time at home, and I'd honestly, to a point, gotten burned out on deer hunting just because if you're chasing deer all throughout the year and the caliber of deer you're watching on TV and everything else all the time, you just get accustomed to seeing that. And then being in Mississippi, where I'm from, you, unless you're in the Delta, you don't have that caliber, and you spend – two three months out of the year trying to chase a deer like that and your reality you're chasing a 120 or mm-hmm. 110 inch deer which is good for there to yeah. a bunch of people but it's a lot of I'd, money i'd started yeah. focusing on duck hunting and anybody that knows me to tell you right off the bat my favorite thing in the world is turkey hunting yeah and it still is but coming up here kind of revived my deer hunting and not yeah don't get me wrong I, I love deer hunting but if i had to pick to go sit in a deer stand for a week or chase turkeys that are gobbling for a week, I'm chasing turkeys too. Yeah, you could give me the option to hunt Kansas for a week for deer one day somewhere turkey hunting. I'll take turkey hunting every day. And see, it was funny because I grew up and grew up deer hunting is the only thing we had. We didn't really have turkeys around us then. But I didn't start turkey hunting. I mean, I went a couple times, but I had no idea what I was doing. The people I went with obviously didn't know what they were doing either because we were never (laughs) successful, never heard turkeys gobble. Probably weren't even turkeys there. But I didn't really start turkey hunting until after I got done playing baseball in college. Yeah. Because I didn't have time. I mean, I played baseball year-round from, you know, 14 to 21, 22 years old. So I didn't have time. I mean, I didn't have time. I didn't really discover turkey hunting until I started doing this job. Right. And it's like, holy crap, like, this is fun. Yeah. You know, now I've been doing it for, you know, 10 years as hard as I can go, and it's like, I freaking wait, can't wait for spring yeah. to get here again. Like uh, now that I've killed this deer, I'm like, all right, fast forward, springtime. Yeah. Let's go. I say all that makes it sound like I'm taking a stab or something at deer hunting. I still absolutely 100% love being in mm-hmm. in the woods in November and December and deer season in the rut and everything. Probably more than the most average person, but but see, I was talking to Derek. So Derek. He's turkey. You've turkey hunted, but y'all just you just don't have it up there. Yeah, we don't have it quite as good as you guys have it around here. Yeah, we, you know we see some. I've shot a couple turkey, and <clears throat> like I was telling you the other day in the stand, I was like, man, if we had it like we had a bunch of turkey out in front of us, they were doing their thing there, chasing around, gobbling. I was like, man, if we had this in New York, I'd probably do a lot more of it. Oh yeah, in the springtime especially, but it's because so we don't have that, I substitute it with fishing. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than chasing turkeys when they're gobbling. There's nothing nope. more frustrating than chasing turkeys when they won't gobble. Yep. Oh my god. Poor man's elk hunting. Yeah, I want to burn the woods down when they won't act right. But yeah, um, the the whole jaded part of it to me, I I've started to realize that in the last four or five years. It's like I just I don't want to lose that because I want to make sure the content that we're creating still has that passion, that vigor to it. And that, I mean, you I mean, you guys have watched enough TV and social media to know what's fake and what's real. I mean, everybody can see right through it. And it's, if something's genuine, you know it's genuine. If someone, someone is genuine, you know that. So I want to make sure that anything that we try and do, I'm doing it the best that I can. And that's, that's so much more than just knowing how to run a camera. Um, it's knowing how to be a good person. It's knowing how to, acting camp it's knowing how to you know interact with other hunters young and old it's you know how to you know work with outfitters and guides and things like that like it's a it's a it's a weird thing that we do and it's hard to explain it to people that don't hunt um that everything that we do is based around 
you know, a season that, you know, is you know, three or four months long in the fall, three or four months long in the spring. Yeah, I think Dave <coughs> Owens' Penhody Project, mm-hmm. he, every, or people that know him know he's a diehard turkey hunter and everything, and he had a statement that he said he during the months of June through February, he's existing. Mm-hmm. In the months of March, April, and May, he's alive. Yeah. And that really is what it's like, even if you want to throw deer season, turkey season, whatever your favorite thing is into that. that if that's truly your passion and everything, that that's how it is. During the months, it, yeah. other months, it's not the season. It feels like something's missing. It's yeah. not whole. Have y'all have y'all done any of the elk hunting stuff with Caleb out west? I went out to I went out to Colorado with him a couple years ago. Okay, we saw I mean I think like three cows. That was about it. Oh yeah, that's rough. That rough trip. But yeah, have you done have you done? I've elk? never been elk hunting. Dude, don't go. don't go. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be broke. My buddy you'll James be has been broke. trying to get me to go Dude, too. And he's you'll like, you be, gotta do it. You'll be broke. You'll quit your job. You know, you just you like to turkey hunt. Uh, elk is turkey on steroids, elk. man. I killed an elk a couple years ago in Wyoming, and it yeah. still doesn't feel real. No, no. No, for sure. It's And it's just, uh, what is it that Andy said? He's like, I had no idea those majestic forest beasts even existed <laughs> until he went on his first elk hunt. My buddy Andy Stump, he said that on a, on a video we did for Black Rifle, and those majestic forest beasts. And I was like, I've never heard. That's what heard. it is, though. It is. It really is. It's, it's, it's hard to <clears throat> put them into, like, you can watch them on TV, scream, Till the end of time, until you have one scream at you and want to kill you with his head, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, it's just so much fun. But uh, that's my, I mean, turkey, elk are my favorite. Turkeys are my next favorite. Yeah. Like, it's, they're very close. Right. I still love, I still love deer. I still always deer hunt. My new favorite thing is Audad. I've done Audad in Texas the last two years, and it has been so much fun. If you haven't done that, you should look into doing it. But, um, but yeah, so, to kind of get into the story a little bit about yesterday, um, man, it was, I don't even know how, like, I'm going to let you start this thing off, because, like, I don't even know where to start. Where would you start the story, Derek? I would have started off that we got up, and we were, we were going, we knew we had a we knew we knew had a truck problem, but we still wanted to get into the woods to start. Yeah. And we sat there in the morning. We had a little action. We had an ice buck run across the... Uh, field that was to our right of us you know chasing that doe and we sort of got us a little pumped up and then we waited and then Caleb was like man I want to stay here but I know I need to get my truck looked at it's it's in rough shape no 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 you're going way too fast you've already <laughs> fast forwarded over you almost dying oh yeah okay yeah, well that's yeah. not something you want to talk about well we, it's not something you want so, to talk about <laughs> so that morning we were climbing up in the sand and in the dark, and this is an hour and ten minutes away. You're leaving out some key details, bud. You yeah. gotta, you gotta get deep here. We you gotta podcast. I'm, I'm about to get real deep. Okay, so we're we're trying to get in there. We cl- I climb up the ladder first. I'm setting a platform. I'm hanging out of the saddle. Gonna film Caleb try to shoot a beautiful deer, and I'm setting my platform up, which I thought was nice and secure. I put my safety line on from my saddle to my bridge. I start to climb onto my uh, platform, and I notice that the teeth weren't against the tree tight. So I was like, well, I'll do a tow hook, and I'll step on the very top, flip that platform up, and then step on it again. That'll recam the platform to the sand. Well, and this isn't the pitch black. As soon as I did that, that platform dropped completely out of the tree, and I fell, and I tried to catch myself, and I messed myself up pretty good. And I guess if I had one takeaway from that is that the day before that, when I set up, I did not put my safety line in when I did that. And I'm so glad that I decided to that morning because I probably will never not hook my safety line in before I do anything ever again because that was a, that was a close call. How, how bad you hurting today? Uh, my shoulder my shoulder and ribs are pretty bummed up, but it's all right. Have you all ever almost fallen out of a tree? I had I had when I was about sixteen one of the old man climbers. Yeah, oh God, the old one of the death traps. <laughs> death trap, yeah. I was climbing up a pine thicket back home in Mississippi, and I made it about fifteen foot up the tree, and the cable that held the bottom climber on completely broke, and I uh, fell all the way down, and the top part of the climber fell on my head, <laughs> head and I had a big scar going across oh, my gosh. head. I um, yeah. I had a I was climbing up in Oklahoma. This would have been. 2014, 15. I was climbing up a um, stand in Oklahoma, and I got to the and I hadn't, I wasn't using the uh, lifeline. <laughs> lifeline. 
couldn't think of the word. I wasn't. I mean, lifelines weren't that prevalent then. Um, I didn't have a lifeline. I was just climbing up sticks like I've done a thousand times. I got to the very top stick, the very top rung, and I, I leaned back, like had all my weight on this one hand, and I reached out to grab the base of the stand to pull myself in it, and the strap on the top leg of the s- sticks broke. Pop, just went pow. I just never forget it. And I went like this, and like literally free falling. Camera gear, everything's on my back, and it's, tw- you know, at least 20 feet. And Chuck's standing at the f- base of the stand, going to climb up. As soon as I step in my stand, he's going to start climbing up. Well, I do this, and literally as I went, went I spread eagle my arms wide open, I caught a limb underneath this right arm. Like, I didn't go three feet, and I caught a limb. And, like, and the, then the whole top of the, the sticks are, like, hanging out over the ground, like, just flopping in the wind. And Chuck's standing there like he's going to catch me like a baby. I'm like, what were you going to do? He's like, I don't, I don't know. And he's like, I was going to try and catch you. I was like, yeah, we'd have killed both of us. I was like, we'd both be dead. But I climbed down the stand, rob a strap off the bottom, bring it back up, fix the stand, got in, and we killed a deer that night. But after that night, I'm like, I'm not – if I can help it, I'm never climbing in one without a lifeline yeah. again. It sounds like that's your key, though. It's yeah. One person falls out of the stand, and then you kill. Yep. It, <laughs> it yeah, never dude, fails. Maybe. Always... I didn't think about that. And I did say that I would. I would not. I would definitely fall again to recreate that whole entire day. Yeah. See? <laughs> so. so to pick up where he left off, he almost dies. <laughs> and then the, the tree that we're in, you know, when you hunt places that are, you know, that are outfitted that have lots of different – uh, setups, you're usually never set up to film. So this tree, as soon as it gets to the top of the peak where it's at, it's forking. It forks out. So to put a second stand in it was next to impossible. So he's got his platform. Well, he's got his platform in there. It mm-hmm. takes us forever to figure out how to get it in there. Well, it's it finally gets in there. We can't figure out how to get the camera arm in there. So I climb up trying to get the camera arm in there, and we're fumbling. It's already daylight. We still haven't got anything set up. We should be sitting there hunting right now, and we're not. We're still trying to set crap up. It's I'm I'm mad. I'm hot. I'm pissed off. Derek's like doing the best job he can to be positive with me, and we finally get set up. And it's like I don't know, it's 15 minutes past shooting light. I mean, we've we still not got everything set up for sure. And I'm like, this deer is going to have to be deaf or slow to be able to come in here. Well. We don't see anything, don't see anything, don't see anything. And we were talking back and forth about the the roaring that I'm having in the front of my truck. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of over this crap right now. Anyway, let's just get down and um, go get the truck fixed. The next town was like 30 miles away. It's like, we'll run in, get the truck looked at, try and get it fixed, get back in this tree, and sit long this afternoon. Well, we finally decided that's the thing to do. We climbed down. We took my have my Rambo bikes because it's like 900 yards across this big bean field. So we just buzzed to the base of the tree and dropped the bikes and then buzzed back. Well, we get to the bikes right there, like right off the base of the tree and the thick stuff. We get on the bikes and we're 100 yards out in the middle of this giant bean field. And Derek says, Whoa, 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 whoa. And we stop and there's a, a really big buck running a doe, I mean, dogging her from one corner of the bean field to the other corner of the bean field. They run, how far were they from us? Had to be probably 150, 200 150 yards. yards. Yeah, I would say. 150, 200 yards. I don't know if they saw us or not. They didn't act like they saw us. I don't know how they didn't see us. We were in the wide open. And they just run through the woods. Um, No, that we were in the tree when that happened. That's in the even. Okay. Yeah, so we from yeah, the tree, yeah, from the tree stand, we saw that buck run the doe out from the east to the west. Yes. Okay. Yep. After that, we decided to get down. We drove the truck. We took the truck into town, and we take it to this tire shop. And this is where the day starts getting really crappy. I take it to the tire shop to have them. We, all we wanted was for them to jack the truck up and make sure it was, if, if the wheel bearings were bad, we were just going to order parts and fix it here ourselves. I was like, I drove all the way here on it. It'll probably be okay. Well, this guy drives it, and he's like, it needs wheel bearings, this, that, and the other. $1,700. $1,777 is how much it was. And I'm like, it should not be that much. 
And I was like, we looked up the parts. They're like $200. He's like, we don't use those kind of parts. He kind of pissed the guy off that we were researching how to do it ourselves, which Derek's like, I can do it. And needless to say, I'm like, it needs to be done. We're already here. <sighs> Just freaking do it. And I'm, I was like so pissed. It's like $1,700 freaking dollars. It's so much money that I wasn't planning on spending right now. Well, I call Caleb. This is like, what, 1030, 11 o'clock? I call Caleb Shanky, who owns KNS, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm getting my truck fixed. They don't know if they're going to have it done by dark tonight or by close of business at 5. What do you think I should do? He's like, let me call and see if any of my guys are around there can come get you, and they'll take you and put you somewhere. Well, he wanted me to go, go put us somewhere else. I'm like, well, we left all of our stuff in the tree. We left our bows, our packs, everything but our what was on our backs was in the tree still. And he's like, okay, all right, let me call you back. He calls me back in like five minutes. He's like, my, is this aunt or his grandmother? This is aunt or great aunt, one of the two. Well, he said, she's got an extra truck at her house. It's like four and a half miles away from you. Can you go get it? So we asked the guys at the front desk that we just paid $1,700 friggin' dollars. I'm like, can you take me four and a half miles up the road? So they're like, sure. They take us. We get the truck. She comes and gives me the keys. Super nice. We're like a... Now we've got to get the truck, go back there, get the bikes, all of our gear and everything out of my truck, load it in this truck. It's like, okay, we're not sitting in that stand again because there's a bolt missing. It When he stood in it, trying to put his stand, it slid halfway down the tree. It's just sketchy. I'm like, we just need to buy new stands. We'll go hang new stands. So we get in this little taco, two bikes in the back of the truck. There's no good way to put them in there. We drive to go get uh to go to that blue stem where blue, blue stem, stem, stem yeah so i knew last time i went in there for something they had tree stands and stuff so went back there they had two stands they didn't have any sticks okay well i get all the way out there and as soon as i hand them to derek derek's like we had to put these together i was like all my tools <laughs> are in my truck at the freaking <laughs> shop Literally, as he says that, two like college kids pull up next to us, and are everybody everybody's interested in the bikes. I oh, mean, those are electric. And we're like, yeah, they're electric. So um, they stand, they're talking to us, and we're like, yeah, we we're like, uh, you don't have any tools we could borrow, do you? He's like, yeah, I've got a little like a little you know tool set that you keep in your truck, which was really all we needed. Which I had a freaking impact you know impact driver and everything in my truck. I mean, I could have done it in three minutes. But anyway, so these guys help us out. They let us borrow their tools. They go in, go shopping a little bit. It takes us forever to get these two stands together. Okay, we get the two stands together. The, they get their tools back, and they leave. Super nice kids. And I was like, well, we got to go find sticks now. Where do we go to get sticks? And they, the guys told us about another hunting store called Dunham's. Dunham's? Yeah, I think it's Dunham's. It's, it's a very nice not- store. I've never been there. It's nice. You yeah, should it's go. It's like an all-around sporting It is. Store. It's a really nice store. Uh, it's like a scaled-down version of Shields. But anyway, uh, we went in there to get some sticks. Well, they have one set, set of sticks, and you have to put those together. And guess what? We now have no tools again. So we go, we go, and we go to a Dollar General, and we buy, what did we buy? Uh, bought a crescent, crescent wrench and some pliers. Crescent wrench and some pliers. And we put this sucker together outside of Burger King while we scarfed down something to eat. We put that crap together. And I call just out of just thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to call and see if my truck's done because this is taking way longer than I thought it was going to take. He's like, he just wrapped your truck up. So we now take that truck, drive, get my truck, unload everything out of that Tacoma, put it in my truck, take that Tacoma all the way back. And the guy stops me before we go out and he goes, Hey, I need to get your car. I, I overcharged you for your uh, things. And I'm thinking, <laughs> he finally figured out. He's like, it's $43 I overcharged you. I hit the wrong button. I'm like, $43? More like $400. <laughs> so anyway, he refunds me $43 friggin' dollars, which takes another 10 minutes. Well, we get all the trucks situated, everything packed up, all the bikes, all the crap. The, all the stands, all the straps. I had to buy ratchet straps. I bought another pole saw. I bought uh, just $400 worth of crap. So we're $2,300 into the day. And we drive 30 miles back. We get in there. We have to make two trips on the bike to get all the stuff over there to get the stands over. We 
hang the stands, and I'm lying, I'm dying. I get that last stand hung, and the wind is hitting me right in the back, blowing right to where the deer is supposed to come from. And I look at Derek, and I showed him, I like, like threw some leaves or something. I'm like, it's blowing right where the, the camera and everything's at. I'm like, we can't sit here. And Derek's like, let's just go, dude. Let's just go. And I'm like, I'm ready. Let's just go back to camp. I'm freaking over this day. I was like, we'll come back here in the morning, a fresh set of, you know, brand new stand, and we'll just be gone. We get down, get on the bikes again, and we take off riding in the bean field, and there comes the buck running that doe. Same one we saw the stand this morning, the opposite direction. And it's what time? 3.30, 4 o'clock? Yeah, 3.30 probably. So we've been working on this all friggin' day. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm still ready to go to the truck. I just watched that huge deer run that doe into the timber. I didn't even care. I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't. And I'm like, what? and Derek's like, let's just go sit and see if they'll run back out. And I'm like, in the just sit in the woods over there? He's like, what have we got to lose? I'm like, yeah, you're right. If he wouldn't have been with me, I wouldn't have killed that deer. So we go sit in the woods. Um, as soon as we get sat down in the woods, we hide the bikes in a little ditch. I had to check the, uh, the Onyx thing to make sure we were still on our property because I didn't know if that was the property we could be on or not. Luckily, it was. Um, we get in there, and this is a perfect, like, an, uh, that is the X. Like, all the deer are traveling through that, that spot to go across that bean field to the other bean field to the other section of timber. Like, that's where they're coming from. And me and Derek are like, this is a spot. I stand up. I clear out a spot to stand under my feet so I don't, like, crunch leaves if I had to move around. And we sat there, and we sat there. Um, about the time we got set up, though, we heard the combine. And then we figured out that's why those deer ran back across as they were bedded, and that combine got them up because they come right from where the combine came from. And we get set up, sitting there, uh, it's like 30 minutes before dark, and here comes that buck again. He come from where my truck was, and Derek saw him first, and he's like, here they come. And they run like 80 yards in front of us, and I snort wheezed at him, and he stops and looks at me, and then the doe keeps running, and he just loses interest and takes off after her. All right, so I'm like, we saw him. Like, this is, and I'm already thinking in my head, we need to go pull those stands we just hung and move them to right here. Like, I'm looking around like, which tree do we need to put it in? And I'm already singing, this is going to suck, but we're already here. We might as well do it. So it gets to like the last 10 minutes of light. And did you see the doe coming or did I see the doe coming? I don't even remember. You saw the doe coming. You said you were, you were looking to your right a little bit, and she was uh, just coming down into that creek and then going up into the field. And you're like, oh, there's that doe. Yeah. But there's no buck behind her. Yeah. And then the doe started running at us. Yeah. Yeah. So we see a doe barreling at us, and we're like, that's got to be them because we've seen this already three times. So it's like, it's got to be them. I get ready. I'm already stand- I'm standing up next to a tree. I mean, literally no cover around I'm me. I'm on the other side of the tree. Yeah, and he's on the other side of the tree. So we're like a big bear, two big bears standing at the bottom of this tree. But there's no, there's no real, we don't really have any cover. We're on the ground standing, and this doe runs right at me and Derek standing there. She runs to where she's, what, five, six yards away and sees us and is like, oh, that's not good. So she takes a hard right. Well, I draw because I see another body coming, and it's a little buck. And I'm like, that's not him. That's not him. Grunting like crazy. Grunting like crazy, yeah. And then as he runs by, I just see just looks like a uh, rocking chair coming through the woods. And I'm like, that's him. To this point, we've seen this buck running three times. No, he's big. Still don't know what he is. I just know he's getting shot if he stops. Luckily, I didn't let down. I stayed drawn. He runs right by where that doe's going to go because I knew that's what he's going to do, and there's one big opening. He stops, and I'm like, bat, 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 whatever I got to do to get him to stop. He stops, and I settle my pin right on his shoulder. He's kind of quartering to me and shot, and it hit, sounded like a shotgun hitting him. And I was like, oh, I freaking hit that right square on that shoulder bone. And I'm just thinking in my head, like there's 530-grain arrow at 12 steps, like surely it got through his shoulder. But we checked the first play, and, and then after that, it was just pure, like, we didn't know what, we didn't know what to think. Chaos. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting there trying to struggle. As he's drawing back, I see the deer coming. I'm trying to, because I'm filming at this time. 
I'm trying to stay on the deer, trying to find the deer, and because there, there's like a little creek bed that's a drow dried up right now. So we're on the we're on the upper part of that, but they, it's a pretty deep little creek bed, so you can barely see him till he comes up and out. And it's getting to be like end of the night, like getting towards last light. I'm trying to adjust the the ISO so I can get a little more a little more light to the shot. And I'm like, oh, so I'm trying to figure out all this, trying to trying to stay calm. And then all of a sudden he steps in frame, and I'm like, oh my god, there he is. And then Caleb's like stops him, he shoots him, and I'm like, oh my god, I got it. Like thinking to myself, like I'm fairly new at this, you know. So I'm like trying to do everything I can to make this perfect because it was a uh, that deer was a giant, and I'm like, being a hunter, like I saw on Caleb, I'm like, man, as a hunter, it's really tough to film because you're so interested in wanting to see that that animal and witness the whole thing out of the hunter's aspect versus a guy trying to film for another guy. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I'm like, I need to, I need to keep my. So my buddy James is like, just whatever you do, if I can give you one piece of advice, do not take your eyes off of that screen you stay on that deer and you keep your eyes on that screen and i'm glad i did because seriously without me doing that i probably would have looked up dropped the camera number one problem so film mm-hmm. the trees or the, or the leaves on the ground yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. I, i've heard lots of stories of guys that you know they'll they'll be filming something coming in and they'll want to be like looking at it in a screen but they just want to see it like, i just want to see i just want to see and they they go to look and completely lose the animal and then can't find it in the screen anymore and it's like uh, just pure chaos. It looks like they're in an earthquake. And you're like, ah, trying to find it again. Yeah, it's, you got to stay in your camera to do it. But, you know, we, we go and check for blood on the impact, and there's blood on impact right there where we shot him and just a red brick road. Uh, he ran a long way. I'm pretty sure. What did I? You got it in. What, he blew out both lungs? Yeah. Both blew out both lungs. So, you know, he ran a lot further than I thought he would. He was so much bigger than I thought he was. And then our all our mutual buddy Will, I guess Caleb because I called Caleb first, and I guess he told Will because Will's calling me before we've even recovered the deer, <laughs> so he's like stoked out of his mind, and Caleb's jacked. Caleb's like I'm pacing the floor. <laughs> he's like I need what's going on. I need to know. Caleb called me. He's like I can't even breathe. I might cry right now. <laughs> I'm in the passenger seat when Caleb calls Chad, and I can hear every word Caleb is saying. And the phone's not on speaker. He's just hollering into the phone. <laughs> well, dude, so but that's what made it so sweet to me was not only obviously Derek being there, but just how pumped Caleb was and you guys were for because like I hunted here last year. I drew a tag last year, and I saw like I don't know four or five different deer that I would shoot in a heartbeat, but just never could get anything in bow range, and just nothing would go my way. I ended up coming back. Caleb was gracious enough to let me come back in December. Ended up seeing another really big deer, just didn't come by me, um, and never did kill a deer, which is fine. I mean, I understand it's hunting, and you don't always kill one when you go somewhere, but like when I drew this year, he's like, "You got to come back, dude. You can't not like kill another one this year." And uh, I, but I'm a glutton for punishment anyway. It's just been that way my whole life. I come back and like that's what he told me on the phone. He's like, "Dude, you have no idea how happy I am that you specifically killed one." He's like, "Because you saw so many deer last year and never did get a shot." I'm like, "Well, that's the story of my life, you know." But you know, now I finally got a, a good bow buck under my belt, so maybe that'll just make the dominoes fall for some other stuff. So, but no, it was it was un- unbelievable. Like up until then nothing that day had went right and it was one of those things to where i wanted to quit i want to be like screw this let's go back to camp get something good to eat try and find a positive out of the day and uh and and luckily derek talked me into doing i never in a million years i mean but i mean what are the percentage chances of that working you know it's it's a very low percentage deal to begin with to try and kill a whitetail off the ground with no blind and just pray they run by you and that's what exactly what happened. I've thought about it multiple times today while I'm driving down the road. Like, if that would have been me going up there yesterday, there's no way I would have killed that deer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have if he wouldn't have been like, there. I would have never. I would have got pissed off first thing in the morning anyway when y'all were there. Yeah. And I would have just ripped out. Yeah. I would have had enough. And then Oh, the, buddy, I was real close many times. Oh, many times. <laughs> the thought to go sit in those trees over there. And pull that off the way it did, and y'all looked on video. It that was sweet. But not only pull it off, but in and and have the luck to sit exactly where we needed to sit. Like if we'd have sat anywhere else, I wouldn't have got a shot. 
Like he would have been behind something or in the ditch or something else. And then like he ran almost ran over the bikes that we parked. Like three yards almost ran over the top of them as he ran out. The doe almost did. But like just I don't know. It's one of those it was one of those God things that just everything happened like it was supposed to and and it was just cool to get to share it and be a part of it and got to take pictures of him this morning and you know, honestly, honestly hadn't done much of nothing but pictures today. It's been nice just to hang out and, you know, not have any uh have much we need to I I mean I got plenty of stuff I need to do. But um it was just fun. It's just a really fun camp to be into. You know, come back and Chad's singing for us. <laughs> yeah, we uh we have we had a good time last night. For but sure. If it, if it wasn't for all the other stuff yesterday that y'all went through, it wouldn't have made it. Oh yeah. Well and that's sweet. And I told Derek that I'm like, hindsight, obviously if we knew we had to kill this deer, we would have documented all that. But like, how do you how do you in good conscience without just being like the happiest person alive document that and, and like be okay with it, how crappy yeah. of a day you're having and then still have the gumption to go out and hunt and try and kill one. It's like Dude, I would have been like, get that freaking camera out if of my y'all would have been yeah. trying to document me going through that, we would have had to insert some yeah. beeps and yeah. stuff throughout well, the day. And the same, yeah, exactly. But it's it's one of those things to where, but those are the best stories. And think yeah. about if you could have documented that. But, like, I think about that so many times in the last, like, you know, eight hours. It's like, man, if we had that whole complete story. But it's my fault for not doing it because I just, yeah. I was freaking Debbie Downer down the dumps. Like, this is the worst there's no Look, way it's going to work out. No. And I even said that day earlier on. I said, you know, all this bad stuff happening, something's good's got to happen. Yeah. Luck's well, got to switch eventually. It does. Yeah. And it, and it switched in a hurry. Uh, but, it, you know, I don't know. I just feel, you know, crazy blessed to get to do it and get to hang out with cool people and do cool things and um, continue to do different stuff that a lot of guys, you know, the the whole Yes podcast, you know, we talked about. Which I know I don't know if y'all are familiar with it, but we did a whole podcast on. I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on it. Is like how important it is, especially when you're a young guy or young girl, whatever it is, to be able to say yes to an adventure. Get yourself out of your comfort zone. Go do something you've never done or something you've always wanted to do, but you've been scared to do. Because I mean, I know you you'll have this. You can probably talk to it too. But how many guys? Have you been around that has said, I've always wanted to go do this hunt or that hunt? But they never do it. But it's... they never do it because they there's a gamut of reasons. They can't afford it. They got this going on at work, this going on at home, or, uh, well, man, I only get two weeks vacation, and, you know, one week, you know, I've got to go with the family to the beach, so the other week, you know, I only have a week to do this and this, that, and the other. It's like, heard every excuse in the world. And all, I've had so many buddies call me over the years that said, Hey man, I've all you know. I want to go do a hunt with you one day. Let me know if there's ever an opportunity. Then I'll call them, say, Hey, there's an opportunity to do this. Oh man, I'm just really busy at work this Bad week. Time, it's man. like, dude, you got to make time. Guess what's going to be there when you get back work? You got vacation, right? They can't tell you when you can't take it. They can't oh. tell you when you can and can't take it. I was so like, go. go, just go. Don't go to the beach. Yeah, go hunting. Yeah, and I, and I told them, but it doesn't even have to be hunting. I'm just talking about anything, anything. Yeah, whatever your dreams are. Like, just yeah, chasing. whatever, or or just like like Ryer's a perfect example, a guy that works with me. Like he got this job on a guy that you know, with a guy originally that he was working construction. I think he was doing industrial caulking. He was like, like that's what he did. He yeah. caulked industrial spaces all day right. long. And this guy's like, hey, I need someone that's kind of tech savvy that'd be interested in video. He's like, well, I've never done any video before, but you know, I'm pretty tech savvy. Let's sure, let's try it. You know, worst comes to worst, I do it for six months and I hate it. But I'm not caulking anymore. He tried it. Now he's, I would say, he's one of the top producers out there. Yeah. But it's just because he's willing to try something. There's so you know, the fear of the unknown is is I would say is up there with any of the top fears because just I I was talking to my wife. We were leaving church and I probably already told this story. We were leaving church and she was talking about some friends of ours that have campers. But they never leave more than an hour from their house to go camping. She's like, "Why would you have a camper and just leave and camp an hour from your house?" I was like, "Well, I was like, you gotta understand. I'd say eighty percent of people in our church have never been outside of North Georgia. 
I was like, the other 10% have never been outside the southeast. And of the other 10% that have been somewhere, they went to a vacation in Mexico or a wedding in, you know, Washington one time. And that's about it. I was like, we're in the top 1% of people that get to travel. And the world seems so big to a lot of people. But to us, it's like, we're going to go to Kansas. You just got to go. That's a drive away. We're going to go to Arkansas hunt. All right, seven hours from the house. We want to go elk hunting. Hey, plan two days to drive. I'll be there in two days. It's nothing to us, but this is the the world we live in, and we're willing to go and say, yeah, I'll do that. If you would have asked me 10 years ago or told me that I would be in Kansas guiding deer hunts, I would have said you're crazy, getting ready to finish high school, going to college at Mississippi State, everything. Hunting's always been my favorite thing in the world, my passion, and I never would have imagined I would have gotten this opportunity up here. But I heard heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was, said – Everybody always says someday they're going to do something, go somewhere. Someday I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon. Someday I want to go on that moose hunt. Mm-hmm. And he said, someday's not on the calendar anywhere. Mm-hmm. He said, you schedule it, and you make the time to go, and you'll actually go. But if you just say someday I'm going to do something, you can't point yeah. to someday on a calendar. And, and, and I'm guilty for that. I mean, yeah. I've said, my buddy James for the last five years has said, you need to go elk hunting. I promise you, you will not regret it. And I make up every excuse known to man. I got my family. I got work. Sorry, man. And they're, and they're somewhat valid excuses. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if I wanted it bad enough, I would have done it. But here's the thing. Those are valid excuses. But guess who else has those excuses? Everybody, Everybody. else. Yep. Exactly. I've got a family. I've got a job. I've got responsibilities. I've got bills. I make it work. Yep. You got to do it. You have to figure out how to do it. Otherwise, you'll never do it. That's what kills me the most is like, I look at somebody like my dad, which I've said this before, is my, the greatest human I've ever known. But like I look at my dad, he's 62. He never went elk hunting until I made him go with me. And he never bow hunted until I got him a bow. And this was probably eight or nine years ago. We were shooting our bows, uh, like at this little 3D course down in Columbus where I used to live. And we're like walking between our target 10 and 11. And it's just me and him. We were just shooting our bows, having a good time. And we, he had just done his first elk hunt the year before. And I'll never forget what he said. We're walking from target to target, and he looks at me. He said, I wish I'd done this a long time ago. I said, what do you mean? I was like, go shooting bows with me? He's like, no. He's like, I watched you and your brother start bow hunting and, and how much fun you're having and passionate and traveling and doing things. And he's like, I always thought it seemed really cool, but I just didn't think it was something I could do. And, and he's like, until you got me a bow and made me go, he's like, now my dad's like, where are we going this year? What are we doing this year? Like, and But he's now in his 60s, and he's just now going to try and do things. It's like, right. you know, he and my dad's obviously in great health and good shape. Five or ten more years. Probably all he's got left to be able to go and do things like that. Yeah. You know? It's like, I don't want to wake up one day and be – 65 with my 401k is finally full, and, you know, I got money in the bank. It's like, I well, sure would love to it? go do that bow, that bow, uh, elk hunt in New Mexico this year, but I'm not able. Yep. My. Well, then what, what good's the 401k? Who only, cares? The only time you got is now. Exactly. My grandfather was kind of the same way your dad was, the one that got me into hunting, turkey hunting, deer hunting, everything, and he loves it with all of his heart, but now he's 75 years old, and he's never going out of state hunting anywhere. And I know he would absolutely love it if he got mm-hmm. to go, but now I kind of look at every decision that I'm presented with and whether I can make the time to leave and mm-hmm. take off work for a month at a time and go to Kansas and guide hunts. And mm-hmm. I look back on it as, and I always talk with him about it, about what he would have done. And he says, every day I wake up and regret not going to do the things that mm-hmm. I love doing and going to work or staying at home and, and I, doing and, something. And I'm, not saying, and I'm not saying that work isn't important. Work is important. Yeah. Making a living, providing for yourself and your family is very important. I'm not ever saying that. There's Please. a sacrifice for oh, everything. Oh, 100%. And but I'm just saying you can't you can't let life get in the way of living, essentially. Yeah. You can't let the everyday grind rob you from getting to do things that you've always wanted to do. And here's the thing. I've done some hunts that I thought were going to be awesome that sucked. Yeah that I wish I'd have got to stay home from. I've spent a lot of money and not killed stuff. I've filmed a bunch of hunts that were a lot, a lot, a lot of money was spent that nobody came home with anything. 
if you're also one of those guys that the only reason you want to go do a hunt or go do an adventure is to be successful, then you're going for the wrong reasons in the first place. You know, if you're if you truly enjoy hunting and people and places and traveling and adventure, that's what you go for. Killing something's a bonus. Like I would have been upset if I didn't kill anything here, but I'd be like, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, if you killed something every time, it takes yeah, away from the hundred percent that you do. The what if? Yeah. yeah, but it's like I just. I just want to shake so many of my buddies that are like, you know, oh, man, I really want to go do that, but you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, you've told me that for ten years now. Yeah. When's the when's the when's the excuses going to change? Well, that's like I have friends all over that are like, when are you going to take me turkey hunting? And then I, like you were saying, I invite them. And it's like, well, I got work, I got this going on. It's like, well, I guess what spring happens you, every year, bud. You don't want to. They don't want to drive 24 hours overnight to go somewhere and hunt for four days and then come back. And then you you got to go back to work no matter what. So mm-hmm. you might as well live it. You know? I always look at it as like, is this something that one day I can sit down and smile and tell my grandkids about? If there's even a remote possibility of that being yes, I'm going to figure out a way going to go. I'm my, going. My favorite hunting trip I've ever been on was my first out-of-state hunting trip. And I think it was more my favorite still to this day just because it was the first time getting out seeing other country mm-hmm. and it was me and my buddy we were finishing up our junior year at uh mississippi state and i actually conned my teacher somehow into letting me take a final exam two weeks early i took a test and the final exam before they were due and she let us both do it and we ripped out to nebraska to go turkey hunting and we left took our exam that morning and left straight from school and drove 21 hours, got to Nebraska. It's 30-mile-an-hour winds, worse conditions, but still snowing when we get there. And didn't hear a bird that morning. I throw up that morning for some reason, puke my guts up for like 30 minutes on the side of the snow-covered mountain in Chadron, Nebraska, and get done doing that and fooling around and get myself back together. We get in the truck and go to the next spot, and as soon as we get out, we shut the door, and we call one time from the road, and they hammer and everything else was forgotten. And we each split up on each side of the bird. And he's like, he's going to break one way. One of us is going to kill him. Mm-hmm. We didn't care which one. He ended up, luckily, breaking my way, and I killed him. And, man, we're not very emotional, loving people. And mm-hmm. We wrapped each other in a hug and mm-hmm. just held each other for – started screaming, hooping, and mm-hmm. hollering. And I still – I got chills right now talking about it. Yeah. And I'll never forget that memory or any of the other memories on those trips. Yeah. The rest of my life. Yeah. I'll never forget the first elk I ever heard bugle in the woods. It's like, okay. All right. Now I I get it. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to do this. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what it costs me. I'm doing this as many times as I possibly can. You know, I I didn't get to go on an elk hunt for myself last year. I got to film several, but I worked all of September. Like September 1st to like October the 5th, I worked and filmed. Like several elk hunts and had some awesome opportunities, but just didn't get to go for myself. And like, I'm just not doing that again. I'm going to try and figure out a way to reserve a week in September and a week in uh, the spring to do turkeys because those are my two favorite things. It's like, I want to do that. Yeah. And then luckily this year, I had uh, uh, Thomas, one of our freelancers, I was supposed to be here the first week of November. And I, you know, the weather was not very good. And I called Thomas, I'm like, can you cover me in Iowa? So it cost me more money to have somebody go cover me in Iowa at Lee and Tiff's. But I was like, I'm making an opportunity. Even it cost me more money, but I I, I have to make my opportunity or I'm not going to get to go. It's it's amazing what, if you say, I'm going to do something, what you can come up with to do it. The next year during mm-hmm. COVID, school shut down, and we didn't have anything to do. You, all classes were online. We're broke. Didn't have anything to go do. We are like, dude, let's go on a turkey trip. We le- plan on leaving. We're, we have no money. We're broke college kids. I sell my four-wheeler and an AR I'd custom-built like two or three years before. Just sold it. I was like, I'm going. I don't care. Sold it. He sold uh, – I can't remember what he sold, but he sold something similar to him. And we just took the cash and we ripped. Gone for 14 days. Went to Kansas, South Dakota, Minnesota. Greatest trip of my life. Best money you ever spent. Yeah. I don't I mean, yeah, I've missed my AR and four-wheeler since then. Yeah. I guess what I'd they make. Them, I'd give them away ten more times. Well, I was about to say. To go back on I was that about trip. to say they make four wheelers and ARs every yep. day. They don't make hunting trips yep. like that with your buddies every day. And that's what. And then that's the essence of what hunting is, you know. And I, 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 I urge anybody listening. I urge all my buddies every time, 
if you grew up, especially, it's just, which I, I know it's me because I grew up in the Southeast. Maybe Derek can speak to this. I just know I grew up with so many guys that love to hunt but are scared to death to leave their little bubble of wherever they grew up and hunted. They've always wanted to go chase a deer in the Midwest. They've always wanted to go to Nebraska and kill a turkey. They've always wanted to go out west and kill an elk. But they just won't go. Because the only way they're going to go is if somebody holds their hand. Nobody held my hand. I just had to go. Make a decision. Yeah. Go for it. Find a buddy that's as passionate as you are. Pull your money. Because if you both of you go, gas is half as much. And just go. Yeah. If you got to sell a four-wheeler and an yeah. AR, yeah. you got to sell a four-wheeler and an AR. You do what you got to do. You, you saying that reminds me of my brother. He, he may try and fight me when I get home for talking bad about him on here. But <laughs> he's the most homebody person you'll ever meet and never, don't want to go anywhere. Three hours away, 20 hours away. He's fine sitting in his living room. But he absolutely loves hunting. We do all the stuff on the farm back home together. And he loves it. And I always tell him, hey, let's go out here. Let's go do this. I don't want to go. I ain't going too far. I don't want to ride. But I know if he ever got out here, mm-hmm. not just here, anywhere, on any kind of hunting trip, he would, I think he'd want to go back every single that's, year. But, that's what it took for me but, to go. I mean, But I had having to buddy. get him out yeah. here is the is the fight. Yeah. Well, see, I, I was the guy in high school and, and college because I'm stupid or was stupid. Well, I'm still stupid, but <laughs> I was definitely stupid then. He's like, I don't need to travel. I can see all that on the internet. And then I got this, you know, started doing this for a living and travel around and have had the opportunity to hunt some of the most gorgeous and best managed places. And it's like, now I want to go everywhere. I've got a list of things that I haven't got to do yet. And I've gotten to do more than most have ever gotten to do in 10 lifetimes. But there's still a couple things I haven't done that, like, I want to I, I want to go to New Zealand real bad. Like, I've always wanted to do New Zealand. I'd like to do Australia. Like, I've not done that. I've never been to Europe. don't really care to go to Europe. Um would love to go do something in Russia. Like, I want to go to, like, some of these destination places and do some sort of hunt adventure there, you know? Um, like, but I was the guy that's like, I didn't think travel was important. Had no need to travel. Everything I need's right here. I, was, I couldn't have been more wrong, man. I'm right now, I'm like, I got a truck. Where you want to go? Which direction are we pointing? North or south? Or west? Yeah, I'm ready. Exactly. It's funny because everybody that we're talking about right now, and it's not even doing with hunting things. It could be simple as moving away from home. Mm-hmm. And you talk to people that I didn't know if I wanted to do it. I didn't know if I could talk myself into it. And every almost every single time you ask them, do they regret moving moving a different state away, taking an adventure somewhere, vacation? Every single time they're like, I don't know what my life would look like if I if I didn't take that but, risk. And but here's but here's my thing. Okay. At the core of making that choice, if you're not sure, what actually do you have to lose? Yeah, some a little time and some money. Yeah. You can make that. If you can make exactly, money. you can always make more money. But here's my thing: even if you do make make that move, do that adventure, do that hunt, and it sucks and it's terrible, and you don't like it, you don't like the place, you didn't like the people, you whatever the case. Guess what? You did gain. You learned something. You learned, hey. This ain't the place for me. This isn't the sport for me. This isn't the adventure for me. It's like, okay, now I know. Let's not do that again. Let's do this again. How many times in life have we had to be places that we didn't want to be? Yeah. How many times in life have we had to do things we don't want to do? Well, at least this was on your own accord. You go somewhere and you do something, and you're like, you know, okay, uh, I'll try something else next time. You always, you're either you're either winning or you're learning. You're never losing. So that's that's kind of my, my whole mantra one of, on the whole thing. One of the biggest things that I've, noticed or picked up that from traveling and hunting and going different places is re- it's just the people mm-hmm. like oh yeah 100%. The connections and stuff you make and people you see and it helps you deal with different types of people going to all those different places every day whether it is for your mm-hmm. you want to relate it to your business and how to manage and talk to people whatever but the connections and people you can meet just going out and doing things there's there's rednecks in Montana and there's rednecks in Mississippi. Or rednecks in New York. Rednecks in New York. One sitting <laughs> on the couch talking about hunting with us on a podcast. I mean, that's true. But growing up down there, you don't think that. Yeah. You think oh yeah. Just from the persona of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You think everybody outside of that may be weird or yeah. something like that. What if, dude? I've met the best 
and the worst people yeah. in this business. Yeah, I'm not more, saying every one of them is good. But, but more more of the best. Like, yeah, for sure. The Some of my lifelong friends have been made and, and met in hunting camps. Yeah, I went through yeah, same. Some, yeah. a tough deal a few months back, and there were more people that I've met here in Kansas the past three years that called and reached out to me than there were people back at home. I'm telling you, man, there's something to be said. The greatest – I think I think this, I think hunting in general, it probably could be said for fishing, but I, I'm not much of a fisherman. Hunting in general, I think it can bring out the worst in people. But in terms of like good people, they gravitate towards one another. It's like mm-hmm. especially camps like this. Like I'm sure you guys get a bad apple every now and again. Yeah. But well, yeah, but but there's I bet there's also more repeat clients than just mm-hmm. about anything. You remember the good ones though. You don't really remember the bad. Hundred percent. Kind of push those off in the back of your but mind. it's like you know people good people gravitate towards good people and i think that when those things happen and like like our friend jason that was just here is one of my favorite humans ever and i just i just met him in march he's like you have you spend five minutes with that guy and you're like that is a great person yeah yeah you know and sometimes it takes some other people a little longer to figure out you know what some people are about but like I don't know. I, I think the the people that I've met and the places I've gotten to go trump the animals I've gotten to see big time. Oh, for sure. The networking aspect of of this, not only for business, but just you know the personal aspect of it of just surrounding yourselves with good people. It's the, the what's the old adage is like you lay with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Yeah. Well, I think if you surround yourself with good people, it's only yeah. going to breed better things. Yeah, I always joke around back home whenever I'm getting ready to come up here. I'm, like, going to see my second family, yeah. go, going to live with my second family for yeah. a little while. And I do say it as a joke, but in reality, I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah. it it we is spend, a family up here. Yeah. We spend months together at a time yeah. up here. And it, and we may not see each other for the rest of the year except when we're up here, but we talk every, yeah. every week. And it feels like family. I yeah. mean, care for each other enough. Yeah. It's it's – that's a special thing that I think – I also think that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. They don't have a first family, much less a second one. Yeah. You know, and that's something that you can't put a price on. Mm-mm. You can't put a price on having people around that if you called at 4 o'clock in the morning, it's like, dude, I messed up. Yeah. I need help. And you're like, all right, where yet? I'll be yep. there. You know, and there's – and you think about that. How many people in the, in your life do you really have like that? Yeah. I've got several. And it's not because I pay them or they pay me to be that. It's They're just good people. Mm-hmm. They're good humans. Um, and they're all people that I hunt with. They're all people that share the same passions. They share the same values that I do. And it's not because of, you know, some book or something. It's just, it's just hunting. It's just the way that we're built, the way that we're, you know, made up. But uh, dang, I like that. It turned yeah. out good. No, definitely. Anybody got anything before we wrap this up? We've been talking for an hour. Has it been an hour? I, I thought it was like when you talk about minutes. stuff you love, it just goes by so fast. Oh, yeah. I just uh, I'm glad that I did listen to your podcast. Yes, because uh, that's what made me reach out and say, "Hey, what's going on?" And then you offered this, and I said, "I'll be there." What was it? Like a day? A, it was a two, day, a day and days? a half. Yeah. And we flew. I flew right out to Atlanta, and here we are now in Kansas. Yeah, you've had a roundabout trip to get here. Yeah, almost stayed in Kansas in the hospital. But I, didn't <laughs> stra- I didn't strap in. So. <laughs> Always strap in. Always yeah. strap in. Yes. But we definitely, I definitely appreciate your guys' hospitality of yeah. out here. Oh, yeah. KNS is an awesome, beautiful place. Oh, I've got. I gave him his hat. I couldn't find you. I've got you a hat. So. Awesome. Yeah. It's not just even the. People up here, when I talk about family, it's the clients, too. It's everybody. Yeah, yep. so. yeah clients become some of yeah. your best friends, too. Oh, yeah. People who come in, you never even, I mean, thought you'd meet anybody like that, and turns out you're talking to them every week, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, it's just like, who are you talking about? Oh, you're talking to Armando. Armando's wanting to come fishing, and then you were talking oh, to yeah. those kids about ice fishing. It's yep. like, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. I got these ducks. You got those ducks. You come hunt with me, and I'll come hunt with you because I want to kill your ducks, and you want to kill my ducks. Perfect. We'll have a blast. Then yeah. we'll have a we, blast. We met Armando up here last year for the first time and 
How many times would he call or just text us in a group message through I the summer to see how we were doing? He's called and texted me all year, too. Yeah, I probably talked to him, him every single week. Same way with last Luke Carls- Carswell, whenever I met him out here mm-hmm. two years ago. He calls me or I call him normally once a month. Yeah. Hunting community is strong. Oh, yeah. Say? All the, my best friends that I have all come from hunting. Yeah. No matter whether it's the music business, all of all my best friends in the music business, they all hunt, too. And mm-hmm. same vice versa out here, whether they're in construction ag or whatever it is everyone's always like if you hunt you got a different connection than yep. if you don't 100 percent. i agree totally well guys we've been doing it an hour thank you so much appreciate it thanks for having us and that's, yeah, all, that's, that's all i got deuces hey oh i was gonna say congrats oh. on your deer <laughs> oh thank you perfect we got it anyway we got it over the outro <laughs> out with a bang <laughs>